Welcome to episode number four of the Timeout Podcast with Tyshawn Taylor, hosted by Rock. He's Tyshawn. I am Rock. We have a very special guest today. He was born in Anchorage, Alaska. He attended Bartlett High School, where he was named the 4A State Player of the Year three times in a row. He led his high school team to two state championships and a runner-up finish. As a senior, he was named a McDonald's All-American and considered a five-star recruit when he committed to the University of Kansas. Here at Kansas as a freshman, he was named to the Big 12 All-Rookie Team, the Big 12 All-Defensive Team, the Big 12 All-Tournament Team, and the Big 12 Tournament MVP after helping Kansas win the Big 12 Tournament. His junior year, which was his last year here at KU, he averaged almost 13 points a game, 4.3 assists to go along with 97 steals, while helped leading the Jayhawks to the national championship, where he hit one of the most famous shots in NCAA history. He went on to be selected 31st, 34th overall in the 2008 NBA draft. And during his nine-year NBA career, he won two NBA titles, started 400 games, scored over 5,700 points. Off the court, he has written his own children's book, started his own foundation that supports the positive development of youth through sports and education, and also helps fund breast cancer research and treatment initiatives. He is none other than Mario Chalmers. Mario. What an introduction. Right. I'll tell you, you what, man. Saying that shit. He had so much stuff. <laughs> it was hard for me to filter out and pick out because there was yeah. just so much stuff listed. My man does it all. <laughs> so it was hard for me to do that. But appreciate you stopping by and spending some time with us today, man. Yeah, for sure. I am too, bro. I know you're a busy man. I know you're in town for a little while. So I appreciate you giving me a little bit of your time to do this for me and my bro. Thanks for having um, me, man. Yeah, you know for me. sure. Appreciate it. So when someone says Alaska, man, I picture <laughs> middle of summer, it's still three degrees outside, two feet of snow, and the sun going down at like three o'clock in the afternoon, Me man. Too. Is that is that an accurate? No. It's total opposite. Middle of summer, the sun doesn't go down. Okay. And it's probably a, in the 60s, maybe 66, 67. It doesn't go down? It doesn't go down in the summertime. So how you sleep summer. at night, man? Like taking a nap during the day. Twenty-four hour sunlight would be wild. Yeah, you get tired, you're just gonna lay down, take a nap. That'll be get some taking time to get that used would, to. Yeah, that messed me up. <laughs> so, what was life like growing up in Alaska, man? Um, it was fun for me. Um, I think the hardest part about growing up in Alaska was just being seen, trying to make it to the next level. Um, you know, being so far away, a lot of folks didn't come see us. A lot of culture didn't come up there. Um, one of the reasons we didn't have a lot of talent. Um, a lot of the talent we did have, um, rather be in the streets than play basketball. So it was kind of a, a mixture of in between things. And, um, <clears throat> you know, for me getting on the scene, um, you know, just trying to, trying to be something different. Um, you know, everybody from around my way, they wanted me to make it. So, you know, that made things easier for me. So, um, just followed the footsteps of the greats. I was about to, not to cut you off, but how were you able to do that saying, like, like you saying the coaches didn't really come see you guys it wasn't really like a lot of talent to watch because the guys got into other things and whatnot um like how how are you able to break through and, and, and get noticed to be to become eventually in a mcdonald's all-american um because i know being in a school with other great players and then coming from an area of like with a bunch of different high schools and a bunch of different players like being on the scene wasn't hard to do mm-hmm. but like being like good on the scene was hard to do, but being on the scene was easy. Like we played against the right people in the right places. Um, but again, anyway, how are you able to, you know, break through and, and become seen and, and, and do your numbers like you were? 
Um, from, from there. You know, I really developed my game just from playing, you know, the older guys, the OGs at the gym. Um, you know, playing against those guys and, and seeing what they did and developing what they did and, you know, just working hard, putting everything, you know, putting everything I had into the game of basketball, especially in Alaska, because I know that's my only way out. And, um, you know, playing against Alaska guys was a little bit different. Um, you know, I hate to say it like this, but I got to be honest, it was more easier to coast, you know, kind of mm -hmm. showboat a little bit, do yeah. your thing, and then... I have that know, problem all the time yeah. when I play around here, man. <laughs> then when it's time to turn it on, you turn it on. So when you go to load of 48, you got to start with it turns on. Yeah. You know, you're playing against cats from Jersey, you're playing against cats from Vegas, L.A. Yeah. You know, everybody's just as hungry as you. So you was getting your fair share of out-of-state, yeah, so to speak, seeing right? everybody. So when I'm yeah, going okay. out-of-state to these different tournaments, I'm the kid from Alaska, and everybody's like, <laughs> Alaska? They right. play basketball yeah, here? That's the first Alaska? thing I said when I heard we about that. about to that fry you. you. We about to kill you. So I'm like, all right, that's cool. Did you play any other sports, or was Basketball, your jam, man. Basketball was my only sport that I played once I got to high school. Um, junior high, I did track. Um, elementary, I did a little bit of football, but I didn't like being cold. Like, it was too cold for me. I to could imagine that. Yeah. I could imagine that on the football season. I never played no other sports either. I know we talked about me a lot, um, but yeah, I never played no other sports either. Once I found it, once I found I, basketball, yeah, and I locked in, yeah. it was over for it was me. Different. Um, and my mine was the total opposite. I had moved from New Jersey to Florida, and it was dumb hot outside, mm -hmm. and I was like, well, I'm not. I'm not into this. I'm not, I'm about <laughs> different, to be yeah. <laughs> it's like, different. My face not be covered up and shit like that. So, as a five-star recruit, I'm assuming you had a bunch of offers coming in besides Kansas. Mm. I did. Um, I mean, I pretty much had every school, every big D1 school um, that wanted me. Who was the first coach for Kansas that reached out? Uh, funny thing is, the first coach to reach out was Roy Williams. Roy, um, all right. Yeah, I got my first KU letter was from Roy. Nice. And then when he left and went to North Carolina, he started recruiting me in North Carolina. And, uh, you know, I tell the story all the time. I was a Tar Heel. Like, I was, my family's from North Carolina. We um, talked about this yeah. last night. So I, I was, I was born and raised going to North Carolina. I wanted to be a Tar Heel from the day I came out the womb. So um, just seeing that and going through the different things yeah. of the situation. <laughs> so that leads that leads oh, to another that, that leads to another question, well, man. How did uh, that how bomb did, drop? How yeah. were you born and raised a Tar Heel? Had Roy Williams recruiting you, and you end up being a Jayhawk, man. I'm gonna tell the story. Um, so it come to recruiting. Um, we playing a tournament in Vegas, I think it is, and we playing against Bobby Fraser's team. And I killed Bobby Fraser. I probably give give his team probably like thirty. He probably had like twelve or something like that. So you know, those are two. Me and him is the two guys that Coach uh, Williams is recruiting. So we come to after the game. Um, we had a conversation. He's like, you know, Raymond Fellows probably gonna go pro. So if he go pro, we are gonna give you the scholarship. We are gonna offer that to you. So I'm like, all right, cool, bet. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna chill. So I get home um, the next week. I think I get home on like a Saturday and it comes Tuesday and I'm checking rivals and I see North Carolina offers Bobby right. Frazier. I'm like, what? It's like, you just told me I had to wait and then you offer no disrespect to Bobby Frazier, but you just offered him a scholarship over me. I, I'm gone. I'm you off. I'm, yeah, I felt no disrespect. I'm, him, but you yeah, I'm off North Carolina after that. So after that, um, you know, I started searching other schools. I've always been a Coach Self fan just because of the way he let his guards rock. You know, when he's at Illinois, he let those guards rock. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, you know, being in a situation like that, uh, it'd be dope. So started following him, started watching Kansas a little bit more. Um, started watching Arizona, started watching Wake Forest, Georgia Tech. Those are like the schools I was really interested in. And, um, you know, it came to take my visits. I took my first visit to Arizona. 
Um, my host was Andre Iguodala and Mustafa Shakur. And like, for for me, I'm trying to see the campus. I'm trying to see what's going on. Like, you know, y'all want me to come here, show me around. They, they're getting ready for the draft. Yeah. In their mind, they're right. on to something else. So it's kind of like I'm sitting in the room with them and I'm anxious. I'm like, come on, bro. Like, show me something. Yeah, right. I'm from Alaska. Like, I'm trying to see something. <laughs> right. <Not> three days. <laughs> show me something. So, so we go through that. I sit there. I chill with the team. Like, they cool dudes. Everything is cool. And it's just, it just wasn't hitting home for me. It was just like, ah, eh, it's cool. All the guards, man, all go to the league. So that's the only thing I kept thinking. And then I came to work a Kansas visit. Aaron Different. Miles, Keith Langford, Mike Lee. Different. J.R. Giddens. Different. From the moment I stepped on campus, I felt like I was already on the team. And I was like, how they was treating me, how they was talking to me. Like, I was going to class, just seeing different things, walking to campus with them. And then we came to the hoop session. And uh, this guy named Nick Ba killed me in the pickup. Like, he was coming off screens, hitting everything. Like, I'm coming from Alaska. Like, we don't play no down screens. We don't come off screens. Like, give me the ball. I'm playing pick roll. I'm going at you one-on-one. Nah, not at that level. They packing the paint. Like, yeah. they giving me a hard time. So I'm like, hold on. Like, this this ain't it. So we come to the next day. And then I, I'm starting in my groove a little bit. And I start getting busy a little bit. And I'm like, okay. Like, I feel here. And then after that, they was like, you know, we took it hard on you the first day just to see how you react. And, like, we see that you didn't quit. I was like, damn, I put me through a test already. Like, you know, as a not even committed kid, not even I'm not right. thinking about coming here yet. And it was just like already I could see that they wanted you to get better from the jump. And the moment you get to campus, we want you to be the best person you can be. And, and like, that was from the team. Yeah, that's from the team. That's not from the coaches. Players, so that's even a and different these, type of Yeah, level. these from Aaron Miles who's leaving next year, Keith right. leaving next year. All these people are seniors. So I'm like, hey, y'all not even going to be here. Y'all still worried about who's coming in and what's yeah. going on. I'm yeah. like, yeah, that's different. So then I started going through things. Um, I come back home after that. And I'm just like, only thing that was on my mind is Kansas. I'm like, Kansas, 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 Kansas. Kansas. Had you ever been anywhere near Kansas before no, that I ain't trip? Never been to Kansas. Never. I'm assuming you flew into KCI and then took the 40 minute drive over. Do you remember? Yeah, I remember that because I remember that drive and I'm like, this ain't it. I was going to say, what like, was that? The first drive was I was born and raised here, so I'm used to it, but it's interesting It's interesting to hear somebody coming. This is how long it takes to get to campus. And then you look again, you're like, there's nothing but farmlands. and There's nothing to see, but once you hit that hill, you come off that exit, you see the campus, you're like. Yeah, start getting into some stuff. Wow, like it's different. Bro, I'm telling you. We pulled in, when I got from campus, we pulled into a gas station. And I don't know if they set this up, but it seemed really random. <laughs> but I'm, like, walking into the gas station to get some candy and shit. And the kid coming down, he's like, Tyshawn. Yep, Tyshawn Taylor, what's up, bro? You come here, right? Like, and I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was in for five minutes. <laughs> the commit was the, the football, the football field. And they got your name and play your highlights and all oh, that. Oh, your they highlights. The, they did the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm coming here. Like, yeah, I'm like, like Arizona like, didn't do none of that good. for me. They, 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 <laughs> they look real good. They, they make a good impression. you just like, yeah, like, they take you to history of basketball. You're like, dang, Naismith here. Like, Shit that I didn't even know yeah, about. Like, and, be, and I thought I was like, a basketball fan, and I didn't even know this type yeah, of shit. Yeah, stuff like that. And you like, I'm like, all right, cool. So I started thinking about it more, and the thing that really stuck out to me was, like, where could I go somewhere and leave a legacy? Where could I create my own thing and, you know, still be part of the school but still leave an everlasting mark? North Carolina, you can't do that, even oh, though I was going to North Carolina. I was going to say, yeah. I think that worked out all right. I think that worked <laughs> out all right. That, really that. <laughs> so it was no other choice for me to, like, to really come to Kansas. And it was, like, the Rue Coon class that was coming with, with Julian Wright, Michael Downs, and, you know, me and B. Rush been 
friends since we was 10, 11 years old. So we already had it in our mind that we wanted to go to college together. So just having that factor, and then he's from Kansas City. Because hey, you being from Alaska and him being from Kansas City, how were you guys? Just through the uh, basketball, basketball circuit. Okay. Like playing against each other in Denver, AU, Adidas, all types of circuits. So um, just me and him clicked from the first time we met, and it was just a wrap after that. Man, you got a lot of accomplishments. Regular season titles, conference titles, national championship, greatest shot in NCAA history, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Your jersey hanging in the Raptors and Lawrence. What sticks out to you the most when you look back at your career here at Kansas? Because, I mean, there's a lot a lot of moments to pick from, but is there one that you just, like, kind of sit back and smile and just say, yep, I did that? It's got to be the shot. got to be the shot. shot. It's got to be the shot. Just from how that game was going, you know, everything that happened leading into that tournament, going into that game, it was just for that to be the outcome of it, you know, you can't ask for nothing better. I mean, it's been what? 15 years, 14 years now. They play that video at Allen Fieldhouse before every game. Still. I still get goosebumps. I still raise my hand like I don't know the shots going in. I'm like, yeah. I haven't seen it live yet. I haven't it's seen crazy it live because yet. It's like it. you think about it now, right? The kids that's in college now, I know this. You was in, you was gone when I got here, but the kids that's in college now watched me play. It was mm -hmm. kids eight, was nine, babies. ten years old. So when they when you hit that shit, they was five, six, yeah. seven. But they are the ones that get the loudest when that shot's played because it's like. They, 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 they their big brothers or their parents or their cousins would talk to, to talk about that shit forever, you know. So, yeah, that's crazy to talk about. You talking about leaving a legacy, and that's that you definitely did that, yeah. brother. So, you know, kudos to you on, on on that, holding it down and doing what you said you was gonna do. That's not, I know personally, that's not easy to do, and not only do what you say you're gonna do, but like so much more, like right. so so much more. So. I know he got some more stuff for you, but I want to talk about, like, um, obviously the shot, but, like, just, like, on some, like, get, you got recruited, you're getting recruited, you finally decide you're going to come to Kansas. Now, we talk about how good it was when they recruited you. Now, this is me. I know the true answer to this. <laughs> but the question is, like, is it really what that, like, do you, is it that? Is it exactly what got you here? When you get here, is it exactly that? And when I say that, I mean, like, just as far as like the brotherhood and um, the competitiveness of basketball, like um, you're talking about thinking about going to the NBA. Did you feel like you were prepared? They do everything to prepare you. Um, yeah, because I I think I think I always say this like it was an even it was an even exchange for me. Right, I came to Kansas to go to the NBA and I got to the NBA. So it was an even exchange and all the things that happened in between was like life. Like we're growing up, you're mm -hmm. a kid, you're going through shit. So. You get in trouble here and there, you do some shit off the court, you might get in trouble and it may seem like the world's gonna end, but now at 30 something years old, you're looking back like I was just being a college kid, right? But I know, again, to go back to this, like coach self or, or, or tell you something sitting back and be like, hey, you could come here, you'd be the greatest thing. And then you get in trouble off the court and it's like, now he looking at you in a complete different, you know, and it's a different conversation when you're in that room now. Yeah. Um, but like how, for one, how did that help you, right? How did that help you doing all of these other things? But um, was it was it an equal match? Like when you when you came on your visit and you love and you fell in love with it, and then you spent your three years here, was it what was it what it's supposed to be? Basically, is the question. Like, was it did it match up? Was it your, did it reach your expectations? It, I'm not gonna lie, it exceeded my expectations. Looking back on it, but like when you're going through it. You had moments of doubts. Oh, I know I did. I can speak for me personally. For sure, for sure. I'm um, with you on that. My freshman year, 
uh, we went to Maui. We played Arizona. I couldn't get the ball past half court. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, like, yo, I'm not good enough to be here. Like, I don't know what they saw in me, but I don't see it. Yeah. So in my mind, after Maui, I'm transferring. Like, I'm, I'm leaving KU. I'm going somewhere else because I'm not good enough. And the only thing that stopped me was, like, Coach Shelford didn't know none of this. My dad didn't know about it. Um, I think I had mentioned it to my mom, but that was it. But I was gone. And then um, Jayhawk, Jeff Hawkins, called me. It was probably, like, 10, 11 o'clock at night. He's like, yo, come downstairs. I'm like, man, I'm in bed, bro. I'm chilling. I'm on the game. <laughs> like, I'm chilling. He's like, nah, I got to talk to you. Come downstairs. And I was like, all right, what's up? So I went downstairs. Long story short, we talked about 40 minutes. He was just telling me, like, like, Coach Shelf is a great coach. You just got to get out your way. And, you know, for me, what that meant for me was me coming in. I'm number one point guard coming out of high school, number 12 ranked player in the nation. Like, give me the ball, get out the way, let me just hoop like I hooped in high school. <laughs> like, that's all I want to do. I ain't worried about nothing else. Like, right. let me do what I do. I'm going to go ahead and get up out of here, go to the league. Y'all can do what y'all do. So uh, we wasn't on the same page. You know, Rich hurt the team, hurt me, but it didn't hurt Coach Shelf. Like, Coach, I'm chilling. I got other seniors over here that I can play and, like, yeah, I can lose. I, I, you can sit down. Yeah, for a I can lose with this freshman class, like, these freshmen, sophomore early because nobody expects us to win. So, moral of that story was Jeff just told me to buy in. So, I was like, all right, I'm going to try. So, more and more, I started just doing the little things that Coach Self said. More and more, my playing time started increasing. My points started going up. Every little thing that I was doing kept increasing, increasing, increasing. And then, boom, it got me back into the starting lineup right when Big 12 hit. So I'm like, all right, cool. Like, I'm back to me. I'm back to thinking, like, okay, I know why I'm here. I know why I'm reason. But at the end of the day, I had to get out my own way and put my pride to the side and buy into not only culture self-system, but the teammates, my brothers, people I'm about to be here with. Like, we here. We stuck. I think that's a great answer because I had to go through just, I mean, pretty much the same thing of just – and I, you had you had in your freshman year, I, I, I played – like I exceeded my expectations my freshman year because they were so they weren't as high as yours. Mine were a, little, a lot lower. I wasn't in the game all American, so I came in and played good and exceeded. And then I had expectations for myself, which didn't match coach selves, didn't match the teams, and that's when it started to pull me back, like not playing as much, you know, taking me out of the starting lineup here and there to show me like, bro, this is not about you, right? right? Even if you think it is, you play pretty good. It ain't about you. And once I bought into that, I ended up having a really good junior year and then an even better senior year, which got me drafted. Because if I don't have those two good years, I don't go to the NBA. But the crazy thing, like, even though it's not about you, it's about you. Absolutely. like, for me, my freshman year after Maui, my minutes went down. Like, I barely played, playing like five, ten minutes a game. Right when Big 12 started, my minutes were going up. So we get the Big 12 play. Um, I'm, what, third team behind B-Rush and Juju. Those are the stars of the team. So it comes to the tournament, boom, I was killing the whole tournament. I get most outstanding player freshman year. <laughs> Sophomore year, we come kind of the same thing. Um, I don't know who gets – I think B. Rush got most valuable player. Of the tournament? Yeah, the yeah. tournament. Mm -hmm. And then junior year, I turned up again. I got it. So it was kind of like even though I wasn't on the radar as like the top guy or the second option, when it came to crunch time or when it came to that time to, like, let's get a win, I always had the ball. Yeah. Like, it was always a Guards win games, situation. bro. We know yeah. that. You know what that bitch going with. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know how to break it down, make the right play. I knew how we to know where that bitch going when like, it's time to win That was a specialty game. about me, yeah. I mean, we got a lot of uh, Big 12 titles up here between the three of us, right? Yeah. 
We do. I mean, we got about what six, seven, eight. We got like eight. You contribute zero to that, but yeah, you up here. You up here though. Come on, man. So Tyshawn says Dooley was kind of his guy, kind of his go-to guy. Who was your assistant? Dooley also. Okay. So he wouldn't have been there when Dooley tried to fight you, then, right? Mm-hmm. No, nah, okay. it was Sharon. We'll, we'll talk to Sharon about it. Right, we'll right. talk to Sharon about it. But he probably had some Dooley moments too, because Dooley just we just we were with Dooley earlier. Me and Mario was with Dooley. Uh, the other Mario was with Dooley uh, earlier, and he just got a fiery personality. Yeah. Bro. He just hyper and high energy. And so I'm a Jersey dude, just like he an East Coast dude, bro. So when we used to get into it, it used to be really like. I think he want to fight me for real, bro. Like, I used to ask you, you think he really would try me? Because <laughs> like, I really will try So after him. you told that story on the podcast, about a week later, I'm sitting in Johnny's eating a slice of pizza at the bar, and he walks in, and I look, and I was like, hey, coach, welcome back. And we start talking. I said, hey, man, uh, you know Tyshawn, right? He said, yeah, that's my boy. That's my guy. And I said, man, we're doing a podcast together. And he told a story about you wanting to – take him outside whoop his ass he said he's lucky i didn't go outside because i would have kicked his ass <laughs> so i'm texting tyshawn this and he said tell him i said that tell him i said that next yeah. time i see I've him i'm gonna him hurt like him. <laughs> i seen him like three times since then and i always like i got my back up today bro i'm ready for your ass let's go so what you got any good stories for us man for your three years you spent in lawrence not like that we weren't wild like them oh yeah well, we was getting in some trouble bro i'll say this we didn't have social media oh, we had facebook was just starting you know, by the time I was right. getting in college. So a lot of things we did. You know <laughs> We're I mean? off the record. Yeah, off the record. Never heard about, never seen, but never we, spoken about. But we know about a lot of things that they did because when we got here, Coach Sub would tell us, hey, you can't do this because <laughs> B-Rush and Mario did it. Or, hey, you can't do this because Sharon or that guy did it. So we knew about all the shit they did because we couldn't do it or were told not to do it. We and when we did it, we, stuff we got in trouble for the stuff that they did because when we did it, it was like, right. no, can't do that. Can't do that. So, yeah. They did hella shit, and we don't have to talk about it, but I know about it. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, okay, we're going to keep it like Files that. Files erased. We're going to keep it like that, but I know, because I got in trouble for shit that y'all set the foundation for. <laughs> the shit that y'all, that he, y'all ran him thin with. Oh, yeah. When we got on that ice and started skating, it broke through, brother. Fast. Yeah. Fast. I know Tyshawn wants to touch on some numbers a little bit, jersey numbers. Um I wanted to ask you, so when you get to the NBA, you're wearing number six, right? Mm-hmm. And then LeBron comes to Miami. How's that process work? Would you, do y'all play, See, for the, y'all play for the numbers? Nah, that's the funny thing. When I first got drafted to Miami, Mark Blunt was uh, was in, on Miami roster. He wore number 15. So my first two years, I couldn't wear 15 because he was there. My third year, which I was already changing to 15 because that was Just last happened year, to be. All right. LeBron was already coming. So it kind of looked like LeBron was taking six and I was going 15, but I was already switching back to 15. I didn't know if he held it hostage and had like a negotiation <laughs> nah, session. I mean, like, he, he gave cost me, you this much. Hey, and... he, he took care of me. He gave me some good, nice little gifts for it. But yeah, I, I mean, like it, was already, it was already a change that was about to happen. I wanted 15. When you were in the NBA, it'd be like that. Because yeah. I, I had to, I had to, I couldn't get number 10 when I first got drafted either. Because a veteran had it. Yeah, Keith Bogan had it. But Keith ended up being my favorite homie, though. Like, one of my favorite guys would take me to eat with him on the road and stuff. And was like, bro, you can't get this. I wore this in college just like you did. Like, and I'm an old, old college. Like, I'm keeping this. But then he ended up getting traded, and I ended up, you know, getting it. But I do want to talk about my my story number because I remember um, when I first got here, uh, it was in 2008 after you you hit the shot that we spoke about <laughs> earlier. <laughs> you hit the shot. The shit has a name. Right. It has its own name. So so you know the impact it had on people. 
especially in Kansas, which is like I always tell people like is one of the best sports places. Like they get behind their sports team, whether it be the football team, whether they got a hockey team or soccer team. Kansas, Kansas City, they're gonna get behind yeah, it. Like they're gonna go, they're gonna go hard. So um, that shot reached not just Kansas people, but people all over the world. And then I, you leave, go to the NBA and do your thing, and then I come to Kansas. And they give me 15. <laughs> they give me 15. Not only do they give me 15, I'm skinny, guard, <laughs> right? Like, not that we have the, like, not that our games are similar or anything like that, but it's just the fact that, you know, like, you just had 15 and just did this amazing right. thing. And then I'm coming and they're like, are you going to be who he was? Like, are you, is this what you, can we expect shit like this from you? And, how, and then... <laughs> And this is for a kid. I'm not a McDonald's All-American, bro. Right. Like, I'm just happy to be in Kansas. Like, I ain't, I don't, my thought process about coming here, getting to the league and was completely different. I was just happy to be here. As I started to play good, those things started to become more realistic, but they were not in, like, the front of my mind. Mm -hmm. So now I get here and the first thing people asking me is if I'm about to be you. <laughs> and like, shoes to fill, my boy. bro, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, bro, what? I was like, I don't even know if that's possible. Because I'm a fan. I'm saying this from a fan perspective right. because prior to meeting you the couple times I had at that time, because I had you had been around in the summer a little bit and we played some pickup and stuff at that point. So we had actually met. But prior to being, like, I, I was a fan. Like, I was a, college, a high school kid watching you, right? So, like, I'm like, this is Mario Thomas. I watched your McDonald's game. Like, I remember that. We talked about that last night. Like, I remember that being the last... McDonald's game that you guys can go straight to the NBA. Yeah. So I remember Andrew Bynum and we talked about Lou Will being in that draft, Monte Ellis. Um, so I remember watching it as a kid. So I'm, again, again, I'm already knowing this big shoes to fill, let alone actually having to wear 15. Mm -hmm. I was trying to get away from that completely and then they gave it to me. So and for people that good, people have never been through that process, when you walk in for number, how is numbers distributed? Is no, they, it by class? No, they, is it by... They act, I'm, I'm, I'm sure they, they ask you what number you want and then, you know, everybody tell them the number and if a couple guys pick the same number, probably, it, it, it usually goes with seniority, right? Like if an older guy has that number or wants that number, they usually get it. In certain situations, you have an older guy that's like, you can have it. It's not that important. It's just my, it's just a number I got. Um, and some guys are like, nah, I'm keeping this shit. <laughs> yeah, I almost, I, real talk, I almost wore number six here yeah, when I first got to Kansas. Shit. When I first got to Kansas, J.R. Gins was here. Right. And he wore 15. So if he didn't transfer, I was going to be number six here. So that was always going to be 15 or six. That was always going to be my number. And I had no intentions on not being able to get number 10 because when Coach Self came to recruit me, he, he listed out the people on the, on the roster Obviously, he didn't list like their numbers. He just listed out the people. And we talked about people that were going to play. No offense to Brennan, but Brennan wasn't one of the people. So I'm like, all right, cool. Right. I wasn't thinking, <laughs> right? So I'm like, all right, cool. And he, again, it didn't have his number by it, but I didn't think about it. And so I gave number 10 and number 15. Those are the two numbers that I want. And 15 only because I had it in high school for the same reason. The older guy had 10 and I couldn't get it. Um, and he was like, yeah, go to my locker. It says 15 Taylor. I'm like, damn. We, we ain't even discussing. We ain't even discussing. <laughs> we ain't even get a chance to talk about it. Like, why should I just say 15? Uh, okay, cool. I'm going to hold it yeah, down. I'm going to do it. Whatever. I got this. It did put a little bit of pressure on me. I thought about that. Other people ain't probably think about it, but I got that question a few different times. Like, bro, are you about to beat? Like, no, bro. So when you get to the NBA, man, what was NBA life like compared to 
college life. One question. Yep. Your draft process, bro. <clears throat> I know. I remember watching the draft that you got drafted in. And you were sitting in the in the green room, and usually when you go to the green room, you're you're like a lottery pick or a first round guy. You ended up slipping like a couple of rounds in the second second um second round. Now, <clears throat> did you? think you were going to be a first round did you get talks about it were you like assuming that you were about to walk that stage and shake because I know that feeling bro yeah. like of wanting to be there and dreaming about that process and then I even got drafted and I was like ah, I was cool but it's like I didn't get to suit up and walk across the stage you know so it yeah, feels I'm, good I'm, but I'm different how I mean, was like what was that what was that like process like going into it because again I seen you I know you were there mm -hmm. and again usually when you go those things are like talked about with your agent or with somebody prior to yeah so with, with me um only reason i left the draft was i had two teams tell me they was gonna take me in the first round yeah so that was the only reason i was you know there so i had <laughs> i had several teams tell me that they was gonna take me in the first round but only two teams came in like that real like yo we're gonna take you at this pick so i was like all right cool so for me i really wanted to have my draft party back at home in alaska and just have all my family and friends there just you know something big just so like, we've only had three people from Alaska ever drafted. Trajan Lane and Carlos Boozer and then me. I didn't realize Boozer yeah, was from. So that, I knew Trajan Lane. Been, yeah, that would have been a little something different, something big for the city. So I, that thing, that I do wish I could do over. But once I heard them two promises, I was like, yeah, I'm about to walk around stage. Yeah, because that just is big yeah, for the city, bro. Seeing party, that name, Alaska. So being there, um, after those two teams, you know, told me that they was going to take me, and they came to their draft picks, and they took two other people. Um, I was ready to go, honestly. Like, I told my agent, my mom, like, yo, I'm ready to go. And he was like, nah, just be patient, be patient. So I'm sitting there, seeing everybody get drafted. I'm like, right, I visually right, remember your yeah, face being just like, like that. Yeah, like, they showed yeah, a video yeah. of it. And he was like, now, when you're like back there, or, or, he like, yeah, like, are people not wanting to talk to you because it's kind of like. I mean, I'm still on, in my own little section. So, like, I remember it was, it was me, my family, and then it was DeAndre Jordan and his family. And I think there was one more person over there, but. Um, they went early and it was just like me and DeAndre looked at just like, man, like really? Like what's going on? So me and Dre sitting there back there like, like bro, I'm ready to go home, man. <laughs> like, shh, I ain't had to be here for this, put this suit on. Right. I'd have, like, I'd have been partying or some shit. I'd have been somewhere enjoying Cause you knew it was going to happen. It's like, just yeah, about when. Yeah. That's, that's the whole kicker about it. It's just sitting there and seeing it. You like. Yeah, and man. then you watch motherfuckers that you, like you, not you don't bust their ass or something. Go See, if I'm at home with all the with all the friends and family, right. we waiting, like, no one is about to happen. It's like, yeah. Like, they hyping you up. Like, yeah, here you go. Right. Here you go. Here you go. Right there, you just sitting there by yourself. Like, man. <laughs> Agent looking at you like, I'm on the phone. I'm like, I'm on the phone. I'm that right now. I'm ready to go, I just man. talked to such a <laughs> They're going to call yeah. us back. Like, motherfucker, I just seen them go pick this person. They're yeah, talking about they're going right. to call us back. So when he finally told me, he's like, yo, Minnesota about to draft you. I'm like, shit. From one cold place to the other. I was going to Minnesota, cool. They had just drafted Kevin Love and another guard. So I'm like, all right, they got all these guards. Was it? Nope, that's too early. I was, I was thinking, nope, that's not it. Johnny Quinn. Was it Johnny? Nah, Johnny went my class. No, because I it played was, against Johnny was, I think, in college. I think they drafted OJ and traded for Kevin Love. I think that's what happened. Okay. But anyway, they had another guard, so I'm sitting there like, like I'm happy to be drafted, but this ain't this ain't the process right. that I wanted to go through. Like, you know, I'm sitting here like, mm, I'm happy, you know. Nobody gets to, everybody don't get to do this. Yeah. You know, you still represent your town, represent KU, so be happy that you got drafted. So, I shake Adam Silver's hand, like, thank you, take my pictures. 
And by the time I walked to the back, somebody, I forget who it was, they like, they like, yo, you got traded. <laughs> and I'm like, what? I'm not in the mood for this right, right. now. Like, I just sat here. Why does all these people get drafted before me? Like, what you talking about? So, like, the other dude comes like, yo, call me, you got to do this interview. So I sit down, I get ready to do the interview. He's like, yo, you got the wrong hat on. I'm like, what you talking about? Like, this is the hat y'all gave me from the draft. Like, I just came straight from the stage. Like, like I ain't bringing this hat here. He's like, no, 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 you got to trade it. I'm like, how does everybody know I got traded except me? Like, my agent ain't hit me nothing. <laughs> so he, he gave me a box. I'm like, who I get traded to? He's like, I don't know, just open a box. Open a box, it's a heat hat. I'm like, uh, I'll I'm take like, it. I'm, I'm not in the mood to play, so this is a joke. Right. <laughs> I'm off the whole NBA right now. I'll take it. So then I get a phone call from my agent or a text from my agent. He's like, yo, you got traded from Miami. Had they made the bronze trade and stuff already mm -mm, prior no, to? No, no. You got drafted first and then that came? Yeah, so my okay. first year was 2008, 2009. So that's when they drafted B second and they took me in the second round. Oh, B's. Right, mm -hmm. right, right. So that's when, um, yeah, so when I got to the back, found out I got traded, that's when everything turned for me. I was like, ooh, Miami. And, you know, for me growing up, I was always a big D-Wade fan. Right. So, like, I'm ready to play in the backcourt with one of my favorite players. Jeez. Like, it's about to go down. Jeez. Like, I was ready for that one. Ended up working the hell out, didn't yeah, it? it worked out perfectly that for me. That was a sucky night, though. I know that shit. That <laughs> night was terrible. That, like a that, few that, hours, that shit was that sucky, bro. I know it was. Terrible. I'm sitting there like, it just went like this. I'm like, man, this can't get no worse. I'm ready to go home. <laughs> My agent told me, he said Chicago like you at, he said Chicago like you at 29. If Chicago don't take you the next 15 picks, Definitely not going to be you. You want to hear something worse, though? Come on. Could it get worse than that, goddamn? It's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to piss you off. The two teams that promised me that they was going to take me, KU alumni. The Spurs? I'm not saying no names. Well, I, I, don't one, I don't even know one of them. The KU I know the, I know the Spurs uh, is one of them. Man, let me think about it. Was Larry Brown? Was Larry Brown? Kevin Pritchard. Kevin Pritchard. Indiana and um, the Spurs? If I get it right, are you going to say yes? Oh, no. Or am I just <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Pritchard well, and who else? Either way, we know they be selling dreams, but I'm, I'm, I know that's a tough night, bro. But again, that Man. shit ended up working out. It worked out perfectly. Yeah, so. they ended up working out for sure. Um, I want to bring it back to college one time and just tell a funny random story that I remember from Dewey. And I don't even know if you remember this, but I was in college. It might have been my freshman, maybe the summer going into my sophomore year. Uh, I just came back from the USA. Had a little bit of Pell Grant money. Real, <laughs> real. Uh, he probably know what I'm getting at now once I said that. But I had a little bit of money in my pocket. Just got a Pell Grant. Made some summer money from playing over it. Got the Pell Grant from that. I had probably like three or $4,000 on me. I was feeling good like cash with a cell phone bill to pay. That's it. The <laughs> real comes to town. It might have been late night or something. I don't remember. And the twins always play dice, but they play crap, so they play two dice. I'm from oh, Jersey. We play CeeLo with three dice. Any gamblers or any of my street guys know the oh, difference. Five, six, eight, we play, you know, so you play CeeLo. It's like CeeLo. You play with an extra dice, and the odd number is the winner. So anyway, Mario knows the game, and I get excited that somebody around me knows how to play this shit. <laughs> and so in it's real. So I'm like, I'm about to get some NBA money tonight. <laughs> It's about to be one of those nights. <laughs> this man scraped me for all of my Pell Grant money. We go out. He's hey, buying everybody at hey, the bar shop and night telling that him night. to thank me. Everything was on Tasha on that night. Bro, 
They traded Candy. Humbled the shit out of me. <laughs> this is when I understood that big bank take little bank. I learned two. I learned real lessons this time. Because you was winning at first. You was hype. I was yeah. up probably $1,000 yeah. on him. And yeah. I could have just quit, which I should have did. Again, another thing. When you're up, stop. Yeah. Get yeah. the hell out. Yeah, in a hurry. Get out. Hella random. It just wanted we to... promote responsible gambling here on yeah, the Time absolutely. Out Talk with Tyshawn Taylor podcast. Yeah, yeah, you know, absolutely. But that's just a funny that's a, like that's a teacher moment. Yeah, he came back. Moment. He came back and he was doing some late night stuff and he was just hanging out with us in the dorm room, like just kicking it. We was like about to go out or something. Because this is the thing. In. When I went up there and I had to learn, they was kicking my ass. Yeah. <laughs> so I come back to KU. These are my young hyped. guys, my young boys are like, this is family. So oh, yeah, like yeah, I'm ready pass to play. Pass like, on yeah. the pass I teach y'all what they because teach I never me. would play when the twins would play, and we would play for our little fifteen, twenty dollars here and there. We would play, and I never would play because I didn't understand how to play craps on the street with level. two, like yeah, two guys. Level. But yeah, well, on the street like level, it. because it's side bets and it's different right. terminology, I could play in the casino, and I actually kind of learned playing in the casino from playing, watching them play the street style. It's a little bit easier, but anyway. Um, I thought that was hella funny and something that he probably didn't even remember. But I, I always that. remember that. Talk about that because, yeah, I, I took I a lot of people that. money in CeeLo in my high school days and stuff and then came to college and nobody would play with me. And then I ran into him and he. What bar did you guys go to? Humble. That night probably was Brothers or the Hawk. Brothers. It's either yeah, Brothers or the Hawk. That's what I hope there's somebody listening right now that remembers that night. That was like, man, I was at the bar. Thanks, I remember Tom. getting a drink from Tyshawn. You're welcome. It was Mario. <laughs> or but Mario, but yeah, yeah, it came from you. 15, so, yeah. 15. That's, 15 took care of that. You you some, yeah, I'm I good. Just, no, I just had that. That was hella random, was but, I, but I, I had to think about it. And I, I thought about it earlier, and I, I wanted to tell it and see if you remember I, that. I remember but that story. I no, the only thing we I had played for a while though. He ain't just coming in and just bully me nah, up. Like we we played. We played for a minute. And was know. anybody else playing, or just you two? The twins jumped in and out. Yeah, they, the twins jumped in and out, but they didn't really know how to yeah, play it that much yeah, either. Yeah, so yeah. they weren't that comfortable. The same way I'm not that comfortable playing crap. They weren't that. So they would jump in and out when they seen the pot. I'm like, oh, y'all really playing games in here? And they'd jump in and then jump out. So it ended up just being me and him. And then once I start losing, I'm just like, man, I'm about to lose it all because I ain't going out <laughs> man, like there, that. There was no, like none of your teammates, man. Nobody jumped in and said, hey, man, take let's, let's take a walk, man. Take a deep breath. I probably borrowed 20 or $30 from each one of them to try to keep playing, to stay in the game. Uh, I probably tried to really try to stay in the game. It's all good, though. You live and you learn. I got it back. Well, since you hijacked that segment, man, we're going to go on and get to our special segment. We're going to break out today. It's called Chopping It Up with Chuck. Oh, yeah. Bring Chucky in. My right. almost 10-year-old daughter, Charlie, is going to come out. She's going to turn the heat up a little bit on you guys, and she's going to ask some random questions. I'm not going to embarrass Chuck because I haven't seen her in the gym in a long time. Then I bring a special guest with me, and she pops up with questions to ask me. Where you been at? Charlie, right. come on down. I'm just messing with you. What up, Chuck? What you got for us today? Um, welcome good. to Chopping It Up with Chuck. We are playing Would You Rather. The rules are simple. I'm going to ask you a question, and you have to choose one or the other. You ready to play? Yep. Ready I'm to go. You. Would you rather be Batman or Spider-Man? Batman. Spider-Man. <laughs> Would you rather wear the same underwear for a week or the same socks for a month? Socks for a month. <laughs> Got to change the drawers, man. <laughs> Would you rather give up your cell phone for a month or give up showering for two months? Cell phone. Wait, wait, who am I giving my cell phone to? 
yeah, this is like a person. <laughs> or is it just, or they're going is to it a just safe. A way. There's a way. Yeah, I'll put the phone up. I could, I could do, I could do a, a detox from a phone for a little while. What is the one thing you're not good at? The one thing I'm, one thing I'm not good at. There's a lot of things I'm not good at. One thing I'm not good at is playing musical instruments, and I would like to learn. That's a good. One. Um. One thing I'm not good at is Spanish, and I'm teaching myself. I'm not good at that either. I would like to learn that too. I'm learning Spanish. I'm teaching other things. That's two things for me. If you were arrested with no explanation, what would your friends and family assume you did? Man, I'm not answering this, Chuck. It's only one thing they think I did. I'm not even going to answer this, Chuck. I ain't even going to lie to you. That's a great question, but I'll tell you off the air. I'll talk to your pop about it. <laughs> I got his number. If I do get arrested, he's the one bailing me out. So, how many pizza? How many pizzas are ordered every night in America? One hundred and fifty thousand. Over a million. Who would win? Wait, wait, wait! I don't even you know have an answer for that. <laughs> <laughs> There's no answer. Need an answer, Jack. Oh, I don't. Oh, I was really curious about that one. I wanted to know that is. Somebody, uh, somebody hey, Google, Google that, that please. <laughs> okay. Who would win one on one? You or Tyshawn? Me, me. He too old. He uh, too old. He just coming off an injury. Injury he five hurt. years. I'm in the gym every day. I'm back. He, he little. I'm a big guard. Go look at the one on one versus Frigga. How I destroyed I him. I ain't Frigga, baby. I'm I know you are, baby. Tyshawn Taylor. A different island. Nah, I don't know. I really respect Real Game. One of my favorite players. So. Thank you for playing Chopping It Up with Chuck. We'll see you next time. See ya. Thanks, Chuck. That was good. Chuck, you got to find that answer out, though. Yeah, Chuck, and don't be pieces. asking me about my personal life, because if I get arrested, I'm not telling you about it. <laughs> so a couple quick things on there. One thing you're not good at, being on time. <laughs> and the other thing, you... you <laughs> I got no response. <laughs> I got nothing. Hey, I got the, nothing. The other thing is you butt-dialed me at 6.30 in the morning, the other morning, and that was the first thought that went through my mind. Man, this dude called me because he, he needs me to bail him out of jail. That's the only reason he called me at 6.30 right, in the morning. what I really was doing up at 6.30 in the morning. I was up training my high school team. Getting ready to become a coach. He was, because oh, when I picked busy. up, I could hear basketballs dribbling, and I could hear him yelling already. I'm yeah. like, man, it's 6.30 morning. Leave them kids alone, man. No, we got to get better. We got to get right. Uh, are you done? Are you questioned yes. out? Yeah, I'm you questioned done? out. I'm done. Yeah, that was great, man. Um, Again, I want to thank you, Rio, for for pulling up and, and doing this for me, you know for us. Always, um, always. I want to ask you what – so about your foundation, we talked a lot about basketball, about your career. I want to personally know more about your foundation and want the people who are ever listening to know more about your foundation and how they could, you know, be a part of it or help and do any things. Because as I go through my transition from not playing anymore, um, I'm, I'm figuring out how I want to make the imp uh, impact – in other ways, obviously, I want to still get back to the game, but um, we've been so locked in on just being the Boy, best yeah, basketball yeah. players that we can be and being the best athletes yeah, and things like that. Yeah, we just want—I just want to, you know, um, try to make an impact in another way. Um, and I think that's a great segue to you explaining what your foundation is. Uh, yeah, for me, I started my foundation in um, 2010, the Mario V. Chalmers Foundation. Um, like they said earlier, uh, we do the research of 
breast cancer um, and uh, you help with, uh, you know, everyday process that they're going through and then uh, youth initiatives, whether it's basketball camps, um, reading events, uh, school activities, uh, boot bag giveaways. So we did a lot over the years. Um, yeah. Right now we're in the process of uh, rebranding it, reprogramming it and, uh, you know, making it stronger. You know, we're coming up on our on another anniversary. So uh, definitely want to do something special. But um for me, it was all about just giving back to the community that gave so much to me. Um, you know, being from Alaska and coming to Lawrence um, as a first stop and uh, just being welcomed into this community and, you know, seeing how many lives I touched just through basketball and seeing how we affected everybody through our everyday lives and just uh, being an inspiration to people. Um, so for me, it was a no-brainer just to start something here and give back. So uh, for me, I started with basketball camps. Um, that was the first way I did it. And then um, eventually I opened up my own wing in the Lawrence Memorial Hospital. Um, That's tough. Yeah. That's so, really tough. Yeah. And then we, um, we got uh, everyday things for, you know, breast cancer patients, breast cancer, um, people that's going through chemo, got scarves, um, wigs, just everything, you know, whatever they need. That's in the here. In, that's in yeah. Lawrence Hospital? Yeah. At Lawrence Memorial. So nice. Um, so if we have some listeners out there that would be yeah, interested. Go, go in by and check it out, man. Go by and um, take some pictures, have some fun. Um, it's a good place, safe place. Um, that's dope. Go there, bring a smile to everybody's face. Um, it's a good place. If there's some listeners that want to donate and help out, is there a way for them to? Uh, yeah, go to MarvelBeachArmors.org and um, go to the website. You can donate on there. Uh, just click the link on there. I'm sure we'll get a few donations. I know we don't got many followers yet, but I know that's a that's that's something that touches all of us, cancer, and yeah. um, want to help people with that. So I'm sure anybody that is listening will be, um, will at least go, you know, look at it and check it out. If not, check donate something. So, um, yeah. Again, I just want to thank you for doing that. Um, is there any basketball things that people can be seeing you? Are you still? getting out there i know you're doing some big three stuff and you're doing some balling against some of them youtube hoopers and stuff like that i know you can be going um, the net and check you out just just kind of follow the process a little bit or what, what's going on you still getting uh, out right there? now right now in the waiting process um trying to see what's out there what's going on um you played overseas with this with my with my with my boy rio was that yeah. last season or did nah, it, that was uh two seasons ago two seasons ago we was in yeah. greece together okay um you know, that was Tough season. Yeah, it's, it's tough, tough season, over man. there, man. We'll it's a grind. Yeah, it's, it's a grind, it's bro. A, I know. It's a different grind over there. I already bro. know. But you're still grinding, though. <laughs> still grinding. Still okay. grinding. Still trying to figure it out. Still still want to play. Uh, I think if me and Mario took you on, we would win. Together? Together, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah that's right. Me and Chamberlain. <laughs> oh, come different on, ball game, huh, oh, Chamo? Yeah, because you, you can't guard him, bro. You're not going to tell him about the time I made like eight, this eight threes in a row? That shit all the time. It's probably like four or five. No, but man, it was eight, dude. I look like Clay Thompson, man. People walking by Clay. like, is that Clay over there? Can we there? end this now? I think, uh, Mike, we good now. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just start talking about the two dreams. We cut. <laughs> nah, for real, though, bro. Thank you. I appreciate your time. Again, always, I know you're busy. Always. Chuck, we appreciate you, you and your questions. Rock, you know you my man. I appreciate you getting this thing situated for us. Bazooka Mike on the ones and twos back there. We appreciate you, brother. Um, Stay tuned for yeah. episode number five coming out. I think we got another sneaky Chuck question. No, she got the she. Somebody Googled it for. Oh, how many pizzas? Over eight million pizzas ordered in the United so States I was right. every night. Yeah, every night. I was right. You were closer. You weren't right. You said a million. I said over a million. 
Yeah. <laughs> so it's over eight million. Still over a million, right? Oh, okay, that's seven million away. You wasn't close. I, I, I said over I, a million. I was close. I think the majority. I, I think the majority of Americans solved this problem by going with the Price is Right rules, right? <laughs> what was that? And he would have been closer without going. Yeah, over. And that shows how old you is. We only watch the Price is yeah. Right, man. You, you we cut this that shit. Thanks <laughs> 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 for showing your age yeah. to the people. But <laughs> now, like, there's a there's what eight billion people in the world, so it's got to be. That's what I was thinking. I mean, what did he guess? What I said, I said 150,000. I was not even close. Yeah, that's just in New York alone. I was gonna say, that's, part, <laughs> that's, a, Friday, that's a Friday night in Lawrence, man. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah, I was way off. But he was too. Yeah, no, I said was. over a million. Chuck, over Follow a us, a million like one. us, Instagram, Twitter. She said over 8 million, so that's what? All right, guys. We a have... lot of pizzas get sold every night in the U.S. You guys got to stop eating pizza. Go cook. Go do something. Hey, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Shout out to Pizza Shuttle. I love Pizza Shuttle. <laughs> best, best pizza in town. Hey, man, we ain't got to deal with Pizza Shuttle yeah, yet. That's on, I'm trying to get you. you that's why I just said. Hey, right. looking pizza at Pizza Shuttle. shuttle. Morningside Pizza. You held me down for four years, baby. Yeah, I know the number by heart. I'm actually, I know the number by heart still to this day. That's how much I doubt it. 842-1212. By heart. You know we locked in. Follow us, like us, Instagram. We appreciate everybody listening. Again, thank you. Everybody go tag Pizza Shuttle. Tell the spot. Have a good night.